0: Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Hi, I'm Mitchell Walker, and when I'm not teaching people how to find hidden money, I'm out stacking Benjamins.
2: from Joe's mom's basement. It's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, it's April 1st, and you know what that means? Spring has sprung! And it's also International Tatting Day, which means, what am I going to tattoo this week? So many ticker symbols, so little skin i I mull that over, on today's show, our longtime hosts OG and Farnoosh will tackle your letters, dive into some tax mistakes you should avoid, and of course, we'll save time for my amazing trivia. And now, here come that powerhouse team, back for yet another episode, it's Farnoosh and O-G-G-G-G-G!
3: Welcome to Wednesday, everybody. This is your longtime host, Farnush Tarabi. Joining me as always, OG. What's up, boy?
4: What's going on? Happy Wednesday.
3: <laughs> Happy Wine Wednesday. Wine. Or,
4: wine. Yeah, down, wine Hensei up wisdom. Wednesday.
3: There's so many Wednesday memes. You know, what's your favorite? I like wine. Hashtag Wine Wednesday. Hump Day. Both. I'm a big fan. It. It's also International Tattoo Day, or how are they calling H- it? Tat- Tats tats yes you got got some tats uh, a lot i got tats in all the plates no i'm kidding i don't have any tats my mother my persian mom are you kidding me she would (laughs) have she would have kicked me out pronto
4: i got an earring and my dad kicked me out for the day
3: wait i want to know all uh, about that you came home with an earring and did you go hide into your room for the first like 24 hours before you came downstairs for dinner
4: well i did it at school because i'm a tough guy
3: in the with, boys' room or something? Like how? Do yeah. I,
4: like Ed, you why know, do I
3: know so much about this? <laughs> behind
4: the uh, the shed, and almost passed out because it hurt so bad.
3: <laughs> Wait, who gave you who administered ear? the uh, ear piercing?
4: Well, a very educated eighth grader. <laughs> <laughs> he he looked like he knew what he was doing. Oh, I was in seventh grade, so I was looking up to him. And it was amazing. So, so needless to say, had a little bit of. Uh, Were an you issue. going for
3: like a new kids on the block look, or like what was the inspiration
4: of teenage rebel or something teenage like that? Rebel. Know.
3: And then, you what know did what? your dad say? Uh, I have a lot of questions about this, as you can tell.
4: <clears throat> well, we can talk more about it a little bit later if that's all right. But dad was none too pleased. You know, he is a truck driver, son of a farmer, so that was kind of a a new age thing for him. You know what else happened in. When I was a teenager. What's that? I had lots of student loans.
3: As a teenager?
4: Yeah, I was really smart. I went to college when I was 18. So if you were like a lot of people and you're ready to pay off your student loans, take control of your financial life. Student Loan Hero is helping 200,000 people pay off more than three and a half billion. So visit studentloanhero.com for more.
3: All right, we have a great show for you packed today. We've got lots of questions to address. People have been writing in. The mailbag is stuffed. But before we get to those questions, we want to go over some headlines.
1: Hello, darlings. Now it's time for your favorite part of the show our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines.
3: All right. First up from Reuters, we have a great article called Haven Assets Losing Their Mojo in Virus-Stricken Market, written by Saqib Iqbal Ahmed and April Joyner. It's interesting, right? So here's, here's the gist. It says, A rush to safety amid a massive drop in stocks has stretched prices for haven assets, leaving investors fewer places to hide in the wake of a freshly minted bear market. And, you know, haven assets, uh, this is me talking, but haven assets, we're talking about things like gold, you know, treasury bills, places where typically in a recession, typically in a falling market, investors look to get cover and, and, and shield some of those losses. So treasury yields currently standing near record lows, the article says, reflecting investors thirst for U.S. government bonds in the wake of a stock decline. You know, OG, what do you think about this? Because it seems like there's nowhere to go, right? You're worried about the stock market. Stocks, obviously, that's volatile, and um, we've gotten a beating there. And now it looks like the havens, the traditional haven places, are also not that, you know, exciting, or at least not that sort of quote-unquote, you know, available at this point. So, wh- what do we make of all of this? Where do we go?
4: I think it's interesting to see or to hear that people would rather get nearly zero on their money, like Treasury bills than anything right. else. I could, well, I could I know do anything zero,
3: zero is zero. Cause you know, you go yeah. into a stock and you think you're going to get, you know, 8% and you end up getting negative
4: yeah. so 20. But it here's the problem with that though and certainty around the locking in the minus 20 or the minus 10 or something. I had this conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's been pretty crazy, but when do you know the stock market's going to go down 20% when it's already gone down 20% right? right? 19.9 isn't 20. We argue about that from 2018, but okay, so bear market, fine. Now is not the time to go, well, actually I changed my mind. <laughs> I want all of that upside and none of the downside. Well, guess what? You got the downside. You already took it on the chin. You're already down the minus 20 or the minus 15 or the minus 30 or whatever the position is. Now is not the time to say, I'm going to take it and now I want to be more conservative or now I'm going to change my asset allocation. Ah, I change my risk tolerance now. Well, no kidding. Everybody's a lot less risky in a bear market than they think they were just like the opposite was true a month and a half ago. Right. Everybody was like, how come I don't have Tesla in my portfolio? (laughs) You know, how come I didn't buy any options according to Reddit? Well, this is why
3: exactly. But investors are irrational. That's a fact. So let's say you are right now that person who is reacting as opposed to being proactive. What's the best case scenario? Should we just make sure that our cash portfolio is well stocked at this point too? Because I feel like there's a lot of talk about investing right now. It's sort of exciting to maybe buy at these low prices. But my first question, anyone who asks me that is, what's in your cash reserve? Because your liquidity is going to ultimately determine your ability to take on risk. If you have cash, then okay, go for it. Make some bets. But otherwise, I don't know.
4: I think you're exactly right now is not the time to be rehashing all of your investment policy statement rules, right? Whatever the rule was a month and a half ago or two months ago is the rule that you have today. If your rule was, Hey, I want two years worth of cash in my emergency position. Guess what? You can't violate that today and say, well, now actually I only want six months. The time to have extra money set aside is before all of this happens. Just like the other side of it, you don't want to be making irrational decisions from a selling perspective. I also don't think that it's the back the truck up time either, you know, just follow the plan. Under Armour has this really great uh, marketing pitch right now and I am stealing it so the Under Armour people can call me and we can send them royalties or whatever, but the, the marketing pitch is the only way is through. And I love it because we're already in it. The only way to get out of it is to go through it. You just have to deal with it now. Yeah. So, you know, from your perspective, I'm kind of curious as, as you've talked to other people to what you're hearing or what you're seeing other, other savers and investors do.
3: Well, I think that, uh, people ultimately know what they have to do or what they quote unquote should do, which is to buckle down, make sure they're saving as much as they can go on some sort of austerity plan. Like my husband and I, as much as we are, we feel like, quote unquote, financially stable, there's always room for improvement, right? So we're taking our budget to ground zero and rebuilding the budget right now because there's so many expenses and and subscriptions and automatic payments we've been making over the months and years that honestly, right now is not relevant. Like, does anyone really need a gym membership right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know any <laughs> gyms that are open. So I think that people know, but there's a voice in their head. And this is what I feel like I'm experiencing on my social media and people just like texting me, family and friends, like, I don't know, Farnoosh, you know, that Google stock looking really good right now. Or there's this appetite to sort of, they don't want to be the, I feel like they're going to feel a little foolish if they didn't invest in some of these tried and true stocks that have gotten a big beating over the last several weeks. And my advice is just like we said earlier, look, if you've got the cash reserve, if you have enough to tide you over, you've been just continuing to invest in your normal at your normal rate at like your 401k, your IRAs, every paycheck whatever your cadence is and you have some money left over. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's awesome. And then if you want to take that bet, you want to take that risk, go for it, but know that it is still a risk. There's no one calling a bottom yet and what goes up comes down and and back up again. So, I think that people just what I'm sensing is the sentiment of not wanting to miss out on a quote-unquote opportunity Mm -hmm. and I think that's human nature I agree all right OG let's move on we've got a great article in the Tucson news Tucson as I call it Tucson.com Tucson (laughs) I can say that because I got relatives who live there I can make fun of Tucson my brother went to University of Arizona so I have a special place in my heart for Arizona and Tucson, especially. But this is a really interesting article as we approach the tax season, the tax deadline, five common tax mistakes you need to avoid, written by Maury Backman. And listen, you might be surprised. These are pretty um, I don't want to say stupid mistakes, but they're basic mistakes. I think we're all vulnerable to this stuff. I mean, it's just it just these these points basically show how much human error takes effect when we're doing our taxes. So the first one. Putting down the wrong social security number.
4: <laughs> don't laugh. Don't Come on. Don't, is- don't fat finger this. You know, you know where I'll, I'll tell you where this happens often is with kids. So you've got your dependents and you've got to write, you know, because we all know our own, right? we can rattle ours off really fast and we can most of the time rattle off our spouses. But our kids ones are like, yeah, I don't know yours. Oh, so man. that one's a fat finger one. And then the other thing that happens sometimes, too, I haven't seen this and I doubt it's in there is. Sometimes the IRS will actually give trusts or employers an EI number that's the same as someone else's social security number. So you'll see like, you know how EI numbers are two numbers, then a dash, then the rest. If that happens to you and you get that letter in the mail that says, hey, this looks like somebody else's, don't freak out. You might have done it right. You, Mm -hmm. You just have to write them back, you know?
3: Yeah, that's a really good point.
4: Yeah, just send him a little note back. Yeah, IRS so, sometimes yeah. sometimes
3: gets it wrong.
4: Believe it or not, they are fallible. <laughs>
3: Shh,
4: don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't fat okay. finger your socials. Got so it.
3: Don't fat finger your socials. Next one, people often choose the wrong tax filing status, and I'll tell you mm. one thing. I got married, what was it? It's been now 7 years. So, 8 years ago, I told my accountant, "Hey, I'm getting married. So this year, let's make sure That we file it married filing jointly, and I have all I had all the emails. I I told him so many times in person, he still got it wrong. My accountant got it wrong. Luckily, it's only on like the first page of your taxes, and that's pretty much as far as I get when I'm reviewing my taxes when my accountant does it. (laughs) Truth be told,
4: social security number and
3: want to make sure like like, income is correct, social security filing status, and he had the filing status wrong. So I had to call him. We had to file an extension. It was a whole thing, and he's yelling at me. Like I'm like, dude, I emailed you. He tried to charge me for the uh, for the extra work. I was like, no, 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 no. Needless to say, he's no longer my accountant. But uh, I think that accountants should read this article too.
4: Yes. Well, again, this is fat fingering. I think it happens probably more often that uh, it changes in the middle of the year. Maybe you don't know. Like, well, if I get married in. November, does that mean the whole year I'm married, file and join? Or, mm-hmm. you know, these are some of those questions. Or if you get unmarried throughout the year, what do you decide right. to do? You know, so this is a good time to make sure that before you hit submit, just just walk through maybe even page two of the tax return. You know, right. they're really short now. Bernice. Yeah. You can just, I've, only I've like progressed
3: to like page six and seven now. I'm, uh, so. I'm not that lazy. Come on. Yeah. Uh, number three writing off itemizing before running the numbers. So, mm. The standard deduction is much higher now than it was several years back, as this writer points out in the article. And so it makes sense for most filers to take it, but that doesn't mean you should take it. So people just need to crunch some more numbers before they assume.
4: The difference between the standard deduction itemizing, if you're married, it's twenty four thousand, right? So you can just kind of back of the envelope calculate that and say the big three are charitable deductions, taxes paid on your home, and mortgage interest. And the taxes paid on your home number maxes out at ten thousand now. So if you live in a high cost area, that number is ten then you know how much your interest was. And if you don't, you can probably ballpark it and say, well, my mortgage payment's this, about probably half of it goes to interest. And then you think about your charitable deductions. If you're in the ballpark of 24K, then yeah, it makes sense to really go down line by line and see if you can add a little few extra dollars. Mm -hmm. If you're below it, just take the 24 and move on. It's so much faster and simpler. And I can't prove this, and I bet you there's a CPA out there that would have some opinion about it, but it does seem to me that even if you're slightly above 24K, it probably makes sense just to take the standard to have one less risk item for the IRS to question you on. Not that you have to worry about it if you're doing it the right way, but if you ever were to get audited and they say, well, geez, look, you claimed $24,063 that year. You know, is it really worth all of the extra energy and effort to go find all the documentation or rehash it all to come up with that extra 63 bucks? when you could have just checked the box and said it was standard and been done with it. So I think you have to work that out with your CPA or tax provider also, but if you're not in the ballpark, don't waste any time on it.
3: Yeah. Good point. Okay. This one, number four, failing to report all of your income again here, one year the IRS was wrong. They sent me a letter saying that I didn't report all of my income. They were, Mm. they couldn't find like my book advance, which I had absolutely put in the schedule C or schedule A. I forget which one it is, which of the schedules, but now it was my burden. I had to basically call up my accountant, get him to write a letter, show the proof. And that's, what's really annoying about all of this is that a lot of times the IRS makes mistakes, but then we're the ones who have to do the legwork. You can't just like call the IRS and be like, you made a mistake. You have to go through all the motions, but this is apparently something people do get wrong, failing to report all of your income, especially us freelancers and side giggers. If you have one job, that's probably not going to be you. Your mistake is, I mean, that may be a fat finger, but pretty much, you know what you made, if you had one job, but if you have multiple income streams, it's hard to keep track. So make sure you have a good paper trail. And I like to log things out throughout the year so that I don't have to kind of crunch all the numbers at once on, uh, April 14th.
4: (laughs) I hate it when I forget my book, advance money on my taxes too. (laughs)
3: Hey, I didn't forget my book of money on my advance. Okay. That's the, that was, that's the irony in that situation. IRS was blinded by it apparently. So, you know,
4: no, I'm kidding. Too many commas. I'm sure. So
3: so many zeros. (laughs) Okay, lastly, filing your taxes on paper. People still do this, but it's a huge error rate compared to an electronic return. So the error rate associated with paper tax returns is 21%. One in five people are making mistakes Mm. with a paper tax return, whereas an electronic return, guess what? Lower than 1%. So, I mean, some people just don't have access maybe to be able to do this. But I know a lot of libraries offer free tax assistance. You can print out your you know, tax documents there, send it electronically there.
4: There's a lot of resources for people who either A, don't have a complicated situation or B, don't have a lot of financial wherewithal to go into a, a public CPA's office or something like that. There's lots of tax assistance available. We had a sponsor some weeks ago, Free Tax USA, which allowed you to do all of your federal tax filing for free. So there's a lot of resources there. And I think if you're still doing it by hand, probably best not to.
3: Mm, Yeah, agreed. All right. So I think the takeaway now from these two pieces, the first piece from Reuters about people moving to haven assets is try not to be so reactive to the markets, right? Like let the market ride its course, have a long-term financial plan. You know, as you look ahead, make sure that you're well diversified so that in a recession in an up market and a down market that you've got your bases covered and you're not going to be in a frenzy rushing to these quote unquote haven assets. And then with the second headline regarding our tax mistakes, dot those I's, cross those T's, get an expert to weigh in if you need. Read more than just the first page of your tax return when you're reviewing it. That's for me. But I think um I think we're ready to move on to people's questions. Oh and by the way, we're gonna have these links over at the Stacking Benjamin's website at stackingbenjamins.com dot com if you wanna if you want to continue reading. Switching gears, our mailbag. We've got a very, very full mailbag. It's a busy time in the markets. People got a lot of questions. and We're going to kick it off with Jennifer. And Here's what she says, OG. She says, I have a question I've been wondering about for a while, and it might be more appropriate for an attorney, but here we go. I'm curious if they've ever had people who, when financial planning, want to make sure there is money left after they're gone to take care of their pets. Aww. And if so, what options are available to do that? She says, I've seen quite a few pets taken to rescues or shelters after their owner passes away due to a lack of interest by family or lack of funds. And I'm thinking of providing the funds for care would help reduce any chance of that happening to my fur babies. Oh, Jennifer, you're a sweetheart. You know, I don't have pets, but I would imagine that you could write something in your will leave a reserve for your pets. I mean, they're dependents after all, and you want to make sure that they're taken care of. I'm sure life insurance policies may or may not extend to pets, but that's something that you want to look for in your fine print, or if you're about to shop for life insurance to ask about that, to make sure that they are taken care of. Because I mean, what a good question. We often forget about our pets, but they're very much part of the family, right? OG, you got pets?
4: Uh, yes, we have a pet, although I'm going to take a smidge more cynical view of this than than you did. Thank you for being the voice of reason and making sure that we take care of our animals. I don't think that you can call up, you know, MetLife and say, hey, I just I want to change the beneficiary of my, my life insurance to Boxster. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, what? Boxster what? You're like,
3: that your new child? Boxster.
4: I just go by. He just goes by Boxster you know, barky or whatever, you know. Oh, what is so, your social
3: security number?
4: Exactly. It's seven. It's important for all estate planning. And this is kind of what this question is about, right? Is from an estate planning perspective, how do you take care of your business? And for some people taking care of your business is making sure that you've got trust set up for your kids and grandkids and making sure that you aren't paying estate taxes or whatever it is. And some people it's taking care of their other part of their family, Right as Jennifer said, her fur babies, right? You got to take care of them. So this could look a lot like uh, just making sure that you have a discussion with somebody that you care about and that cares about your animals as much as you do and say, okay, well, how can I make this easy on you? The good news is that it's not like taking care of a real kid, right? So it's not that expensive, but it definitely has some costs associated with it. And you want to account for it in advance. So just like any estate planning, whether it's for your biological kids or family or, or other things that you have. I mean, what if you're a farmer and you've got countless animals and, you know, and I'm not talking about pets, but I'm saying like you've got a whole ranch of horses or whatever. I mean, you got to think about that sort of stuff, you know, cause tomorrow somebody needs to feed those things. So this is a broader discussion of estate planning. I think I'm not sure that you can just list, your kitty cat as a beneficiary on your four oh one K plan. But you should make sure that you talk to somebody that you care about or that cares about you and say, okay, well if something happens to me. Would you be willing to to take care of this and you know, work out a number and go, Hey, yeah, I'll give you thirty grand to like take care of my animals for the rest of their lives or something.
3: Jackpot, especially if you like animals. It's thirty grand <laughs> and a really cute cat. But I'm making yeah. up
4: that number, I'm not sure that's the present a lot value of Well, I'm glad I don't have
3: pets, Uh, (laughs) but that's a really good point and really realistic. I mean, you're, you're right. Your insurance company is probably not going to provide a waiver for this or some sort of a rider, you know, to include, uh, your fur balls. But I think that talking to, yes, like you said, talking to a loved one about next steps, putting it in your will, putting it in your state plan, putting aside money, creating basically your own insurance policy for this.
4: There you go. I like it.
3: Okay, moving on to Shaka, who is a side hustler, a side gigger. I love it. And she's trying to attack her debt. The question is, should I stop contributing to a 401k with a 4% match and use that to tackle student loan debt at 3%? Total student debt right now is $30,000. My opinion, OG, no. I think she should continue to contribute to her 401k at minimum up to earning that 4% match. So that's 8% total. And look, it's a mathematical equation too. 3% on a student loan debt versus over the lifetime of this 401k portfolio, probably more than 3% in earnings. Well, don't look at the last month. Not lately. Not lately, but you know what? We got to keep a a long-term view. I think mathematically speaking, long-term investing in a 401k, much more fruitful than paying down a 3% student loan uh, debt. I mean, look, I have a car loan that's around 3%. Just under 3%. Don't ask me why I got a car loan. I mean, I'll tell you, I wanted to stay liquid. I did. Because I did the math. My interest rate on my car loan is like 2.95%. If I paid off all of the car loan today because I want to save on interest, what's my savings? Like $500. It's a, you know, now we have three years left on the loan. So it's even less. So would I rather give up my tens of thousands of dollars to save $500? No, I'd rather have that money in the bank. And so this is what I would encourage Shaka to think about. And that's the sort of math you want to do. If you paid off all this student loan debt tomorrow, what would you save? What's the interest? Like $900, 3%, $30,000. I mean, that's pretty much it versus, versus sticking with the market. You think your compound interest is going to be less than $900 over the life of your portfolio? I think not. So that's the quick math the back of the napkin math. So they say, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this too. You
4: you got this for 100% correct. And I'm going to add just a few other numbers. to This already convoluted cadre of math that you threw out there. You put in 4%, they give you 4%. It's not a 4% match. It's a 100% match on 4%. And that's the big difference. We look at it and we say, Oh, I'm only getting a 4% match. No, no, no. You are automatically doubling your money So if you use the right terminology, language is very, very important to our brains. We have to say what really is going on. I mean, we talk about this with the market. When we use words like soar and plunge, you know, that elicits a certain feeling in our brains. You know, elevators do not say soar to the 12th floor, plunge to the first floor. So (laughs) use the right terminology (laughs) with your money. You're not getting a 4% match. You're getting a 100% match on 4%. So you're doubling your money. So ask the question a different way. Should I pay off my student loan debt? That's 30 grand. Or should I continue doubling my money? Double your money. So you're exactly right.
3: Thank you for simplifying it. And no, I don't say I'm plunging to the first floor.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. Because it would be a lot of
3: elevators. That would terrify.
4: Yeah, I know. You'd be like, would you like to soar today or plunge?
3: (laughs) I mean, soar, that's not bad, but yeah, I get it. Let's not play off our emotions and words matter. Hey OG, I don't know about you, but my throat's getting a little dry. I'm going to go get a sip of water or, you know, a beverage of choice. And then we'll have Doug do the trivia.
2: Hey there, trivia fans. I got another great question for you in a moment. But in honor of International Tatting Day, thought it's time for old Doug to get his ink on, if you know what I mean. But I might need your input, you know? I mean, should I go for the classic heart with Joe's mom's name inside and really cool arrow right through it that it fit perfectly on one of these guns then again wouldn't the el camino be an instant fan favorite ah oh, man you know and then I, I could make a tattoo sleeve featuring all my favorite sizzler dishes you know, flex and i could make those shrimp pop right off the skewer <laughs> i can see you wilting already so should i go with the shrimp uh, you know a heart Maybe, maybe some fruit. Oh, you know, I could. I could go with a certain fruit that is associated with a company started on this date in history by two guys named Steve. Here's today's trivia. What is the name of that company? I'll be back with your trivia answer pretty quick. From the makers of the hit podcast, Stacking Benjamins, comes a product so new. So hot, so salacious, that you'll immediately throw down your wallet and ask, How hot is is it? it?
1: For years, investors like Erling Peoria have been foaming at the mouth over five simpleton letters. V-T-S-A-X. For you heathens who have not yet been exposed to the light and the goodness of these five letters, that's the Vanguard Total Market Index Fund. But
2: here at Stacking Benjamin's Industries, we ask ourselves, is there a better way?
1: Can we ourselves create something with more torrid outcomes? And now, after sweat-filled minutes of groundbreaking work, the scientists at Stacking Benjamin have emerged and are pleased to unveil... The Vantage-Dominant Super Expensive Index. That's right. We call it... V-D-S-E-X. Fill that
2: hole in your portfolio in a hurry with some VDSEX. You'll start off with some steamy returns so good that it feels too good to be true as you'll be up 69 or more percent. Your results may vary. And you'll
1: find what's more, this thing grows like a rash. That's right. VDSEX. Results that are truly infectious. Soon you'll have all of your loved ones joining in in the sweaty, action-packed fun and misery that only a ride up the stock market can bring. Get yourself a little something-something VDSEX. A better way
2: to say I love you to your money. Trivia fans, Neighbor Doug here, and I just got the best idea from Farnoosh and OG. Apparently there's this new postman named Malone who seems to be very popular around here. All the neighborhood kids know him anyway. Why kids these days are so obsessed with the mail and singing postman, I'll never know. Next thing you know, they'll think that listening to music from portable devices is going to be in. I guess this Postman Malone character has a bunch of face tattoos, and Farnoosh and OG said, face tattoos are all the rage. So why not? I mean, I'm down for it. If a postman is cool enough for kids to rave about his face tattoos, surely old neighbor Doug can pull it off. I mean, everybody loves me while I finish this epic final design. Here's today's trivia answer. Question was this. Uh, 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 yeah, Which company represented by a fruit was founded by two Steves on this date in history. If you guessed the first company to hit a trillion dollar market cap, which almost got put out of business by Microsoft way back in the day, you'd be right. Apple Computer Company was founded on April 1st, 1976 by Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and as you well know, depending on the day, it's now the most valuable company in the world. Not too shabby. Just like Apple, I need to go leave my mark t- on my forehead with a tattoo. You, I mean, you knew that, right? See so you-
4: Is he going to actually put the ticker symbol, do you think, Farnoosh? Or like an actual, the Apple, the symbol with the bite? Either way, it's a winner.
3: I hope it is the image and not the ticker symbol, because then people will just think that he's misspelled Apple. Because the Apple ticker symbol is A-P-P-L. And yeah. Like, Did you run out of money?
4: Dude. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Or both, age? you know, if you, if you want to do both, Doug, we would allow both. I think <laughs> either either, or or both will make you look just like Postman Malone.
3: Do it, do it, Doug. Do it. Okay, dokie, let us now go to our next question.
4: Yeah, let's do some more.
3: This one comes from Robin and she says, would you recommend Fitness Bank for high yield savings accounts? It's uh, earning 2.2% but to earn it, you have to walk at least twelve thousand five hundred steps per day. So it is a bank that rewards you for staying fit, and mm. they track your steps, which all the apps do that now. So it's using. You do you know, get
4: negative? Cameras. Do you get negative interest rate? Do you have to pay into the pot? Do you remember That's those? A
3: good question. You know what? This would make a perfect case study for the Friday fintech hour.
4: Perfect. Yes. You so should we'll have to them, bring on. them on. You should to have learn more.
3: I've never heard of fitness bank. I've heard of apps that sort of reward you financially for whatever goals you set, whether that's to walk 12,000 steps, whether that's to not eat. 12,000 brownies, whatever you want to like set for your own personal goal. <laughs> and I think that it's uh, who was it? Capital Q with a Q. They were the kind of the first ones to sort of gamify financial savings. And I think it's, you know, it's a playoff of behavioral finance. We know mm-hmm. that we like to be rewarded that we like to be in control, too, of the reward and set our own goals. We're very goal-oriented. So I think I can see a lot of merits in this. But let me tell you, right now, I'm quarantined. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get the 2.2% if I'm a You're going to have athlete.
4: to walk around in circles.
3: I might have time. to. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a challenge for sure. Um, well, I know John
4: Hancock, for example, they have an insurance policy that you get lower rates the more healthy things that you do. So you track your health throughout the year, kind of recertify it with your physician. Some of the things are, you know, have an annual physical, you know, uh, monitor your blood pressure, you know, the stuff that can be sort of top of mind and then whatever, whatever, however many of those columns you check off, that's your rate for the next year. You're a gold or a silver or a bronze or something depending on your health. So anything that helps people get out and move about would be kind of interesting I think the short answer to this is, of course, we don't have enough information to be able to recommend them, but we'll get them up on the show in a little while and see. But when it comes to savings accounts, if, <laughs> if you can find a 2% rate these days, mm-hmm. um, good luck. But just like anything, you want to make sure that they're insured by the government. You want to make sure that it's easily transferable and accessible and, and just kind of the normal stuff. Um, yeah, check for the no schedule. Gimmicks.
3: Yeah, are there yeah. any like account minimums?
4: There was a company that came out a couple of years ago and I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was this it was a savings account that offered this really profoundly awesome rate and what uh the what the catch was was that you had to refer so many people every month to the bank in order to keep your high interest rate status. And I was like, "Holy crap. That I mean,
3: that's a lot. You're basically an affiliate lending, marketer right? for them."
4: It's exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. Woo. So.
3: But yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested. I think we're that, a
4: solid baby. Uh, How's that sound? Was <laughs> So we're a solid baby. Yep.
3: I mean, I appreciate the sort of the connection here with like mm-hmm. keeping a healthy regimen and being rewarded for that financially. I think we're all already so obsessed about health and wellness. It makes sense that, you know, health is wealth And so I applaud them if this is kind of what they're going for. But, uh, yeah, absolutely need to learn more before we can recommend, but thanks Robin for your question. Speaking of health, we have a health related question from Catherine who says that she and her husband both work and have access to decent health insurance through their jobs. Their family of four is on his healthcare plan. She has access to a high deductible healthcare plan. And so her question is this, can I be on his health care plan, but also have a high deductible health plan? If so, would that even be something I want to do for building savings or being prepared for high medical expenses as a worst case scenario? So let me get this right. Is she asking OG if she can have two health care plans?
4: Yeah, it sure sounds like it. And
3: uh, you can do that.
4: Well, you can. Can you sure. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. not terribly I mean, I
3: guess people have hard enough time getting one good healthcare plan. I never hear like, <laughs> exactly. "Can I have two
4: healthcare plans?" <laughs> this is so. Odd. This is such a great experience that I want to do it twice as often. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I know, for example, like uh, take a spouse who's working and a spouse who's retired and has a retiree healthcare plan. For example, like the retiree healthcare plan would be like a second payer, or if you retire and you have a healthcare plan through work, and then you go on Medicare. Now you have two health care plans, right? You have Medicare and then you have right. your retirement health insurance. So, so it could be possible. The question is whether or not it's efficient. You know, if you're not picking up some major gap in coverage that you need that you don't get offered from the other plan, all you're doing is paying premiums in order to save money. So the idea, what, I think what she's trying to say is I can do an HSA if I use my plan, but my husband's plan is better. So should I keep my plan so that I can do my HSA? Right. And you know, I, I don't see a scenario in which that works unless the cost of your health insurance is zero. Because you know, let's say that your health insurance for you is two hundred bucks a month, and you want to set aside your HSA, which is roughly seven thousand a year. Does it make sense to pay two thousand to save seven thousand? No, it doesn't. Just save seven thousand or save nine thousand <laughs> in that case. You know. <laughs> So it would have to be very compelling I think to to have both my question would be why not just switch them if yours are both pretty equal why not just have all the family on your plan and none on your husband's plan then you solve the problem you've got health insurance for the family and you can do the HSA off you go so
3: yeah yeah i think we just got to sit down and um I wonder, there are uh, resources out there. I think uh, I, I would just go online and look for healthcare advocates because I know mm. that there are some people out there that for free or for very little cost could help you come and sort of sort this out. This is a unique situation, but I think that it's worth investigating. And if you're confused or don't have time to sort of do the apples to apples comparing and the math, someone else could per- perhaps do it for you who's objective. Who can kind of lay it all out and say, okay, either do both or go with one or, you know, they have kids. So I just really want to make sure that whatever health plan they do go on, they have access to all their favorite pediatricians and, you know, all the things. Because right. that can be a bit of a challenge is switching that up and then they got to move all their records over. That's a whole nightmare. But yeah, Catherine, thank you for your question. And last but not least, here's a tough question. I don't know. I don't know if we can do this one, OG. But John wants to know, how do they get the Stacking Benjamins t-shirts to be so soft? Smiley face emoji. (laughs) I mean.
4: I'm glad you read the emoji. I don't want to.
3: I cannot reveal. That's like revealing grandma's secret recipe. You know, like that. That is proprietary, John. Just trust that it is a very elaborate process. There's months and months and months of massaging that goes on. I'm not going to tell you how. It might involve people. It might involve machines. It might involve children under the age of six in my kitchen. I've revealed too much. OG, we need to deflect. Can you move us on?
4: I think that what you should think of is our T-shirt purveyor, Brad, is, um, is a musician. So I think it has a lot to do with his eclectic music tastes And he plays music to the animals. It's like you've heard of like where you go to a restaurant and they're like, this is special beef. You know, we've massaged the beef. You know, it's the same thing for the wool of the sheep. He plays soothing music and they produce very soft wool.
3: Tiny hands. Tiny hands.
4: Exactly. Yep.
3: Well, on that very serious note, time to wrap it up. OG, been so much fun having you on. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to toss over to Doug now to tell us what we've learned.
4: All right. See you Friday.
2: So what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from our headlines. When doing your taxes, make sure to double-check your Social Security number, tax filing status, and don't just write off itemizing. That'll help you avoid some common tax mistakes. Second, Tackling debt but also saving? Always take advantage of free money like a match as much as possible. While the debt might not be paid down as quickly, when it's gone, you'll be sitting on a much bigger pile of money for your goals. But the big takeaway? (laughs) April Fools! I bet you had no idea that Farnoosh isn't actually our host. (laughs) Oh, we got you. But hey, Joe, I was really supposed to... Get that face tattoo, right? I mean, that was that—that that was real. That wasn't part of April Fools. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that to me, would you? Because I totally got that face tattoo appointment locked down, and I'm ninety nine percent sure that that's what we discussed. Big thanks to Farnoosh Tarabi for stopping by the basement and filling in as a temporary host. She's better than those regulars, if I don't say so myself. You'll usually find Farnoosh at the So Money podcast. Catch her there and stop by our show notes page for all of the links to Farnoosh and damn near everything else on the internet. I mean, geez, like every other day you hear me talk about go to the show notes page, go to the show notes page, find links on the show notes page. I think just about anything you need is on our show notes page. This show is created by Joe Saul Seahy, produced by Taylor Stevens, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter, at SBenjamin'sCast, or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and there's a 73% chance that i played Chuck on Happy Days. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you'd take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor.
0: Welcome to the After Show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the After Show stays in the After Show. Holy crap, Vardu, should I be worried about my job?
3: Not your job. No, I think that now is, if you have a podcast, you're pretty safe. A lot of us are going to be indoors wondering what to do with our lives, and podcasts are going to be a go-to.
0: No, so- I'm talking about you taking my job. That was
3: fantastic. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs>
0: The short answer is I'm yes. I'm going
3: to leave it up to the listeners. Let the people vote. Let the Let people, the people vote. vote. I'm not oh,
0: going to make a decision. I don't, I don't think I want the people to vote. I know our audience, and I know I'm out of a job. So nice work.
3: Thank you. I Thank you for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Didn't really ever know how behind the scenes it was working, but you got got quite the system. It's quite a pain, isn't it? It's good. It's good. I respect it a lot. I'm very straightforward. I'm like, three, two, one, interview a guest, wrap it up, Send it out. This is a, you got a puzzle pieces and it's all very, very well thought out. Appreciate if, there's, that.
0: if there's ever anything Farnoosh that OG and I do straightforward, we made a big mistake. <laughs> like if, yes. we, if we planned it out ahead of time, it would have been straightforward, but we're not that yeah. smart. You've known me for a make it up long as we time. go. Yeah. You've known me for a while. I'm not smart enough to make it straightforward.
4: <laughs> it's all live TV.
0: So seriously, what's, what's happening at, at so money. Tell me what's going on in the show.
3: Oh my gosh. Well, over a thousand episodes, shows growing five years in, and I'm starting to think about next steps, starting to think about how to grow the brand. I started doing videos online and uh, it's an extension of the brand. So money is, uh, is growing, is growing up. It's not just a, you know, a tiny baby anymore. Although I will say still a team of mostly one you know, I don't have a whole lot of uh, people working behind, not a lot of elves or little children, but oh, I, th- I have big plans for the brand and I'd love to, I'd love to just see where it goes and, and use this year and this quarantine as a way to invest in it because <laughs> i got nothing else to do.
0: I know a couple of weeks ago you had a fantastic video about the coronavirus and kind of keeping your tribe calm, which I found soothing.
3: Thank you. Oh, that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, my, I was very conscious about that element to the video because, first of all, it's a 15 minute video, which if you made it to the end, you're my hero. But we were all already nerves were heightened and emotions were heightened. So I didn't want this video to compound it. I wanted it to be, you know, relatively urgent because it's, we're in urgent times, but not to get people even more freaked out. So, I mean, little things, right? Like my editor, the first round, her type font, her graphics were very scary. I felt like I was watching CNN. I was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> like, this is too much. It's it's not right. Like, let's tone it down. She had music in the beginning. I was like, "No music. No music. Just like fade in. Just keep it subtle because the last thing I want to do is to make people more nervous. That would have been the counter effect that I wanted for the video. So, thank you for pointing that out. That was a conscious effort. The first edit was not perfect. We had to go through many, several edits, but we got there. And uh, I'm just overwhelmed by the response. I'm so happy that people watched it because if nobody watched it, it would have been really depressing because I spent a lot of time on it. And now I'm excited to uh, to do more. So well, stay tuned I, for that.
0: I watched it. I'm sure I was the only person, but I watched it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we've got one last serious topic that we have to talk about that we skipped in the open because you crazy kids were talking about other stuff. But, uh, so tattoos, Farnoosh said that, so so if you walked in with a tattoo, tell me about your mom,
3: my Persian mom, she would have killed me. I mean, she, or she would have called the police. That's what my mom's favorite saying was my Persian mom. I called the police. I called the police. Everything was calling the police. The police don't care about our domestic problems, mom, or the fact that you're an overprotective parent and I want to watch Punky Brewster. Like the police will not save you in that moment, but anything from like a tattoo. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to put up a poster of Joey McIntyre. As we know, the beloved Joey McIntyre, the youngest of the new kids on the block. I thought he was the cleanest. Cause he had no tattoos. He had one little ear piercing, put his poster up in my room Persian mom took that down right away. She's like, this is, this is going to, you will not get into college now because you are idolizing a man, a young boy who happens to have an ear piercing. He will be, he will ruin you. Um, yeah. Everything was fear driven and, you know, anything that potentially exhibited straying from the straight and narrow path, I was not allowed to do. And uh, obviously now you can tell that's where I get all my. My parenting. But so yeah, her mom, mom would have called the police.
0: Do you say that to your kids now all the time? I'll call the police. I
3: do. My daughter, my son is wild and um, my, my daughter who's three, she and I will just look at each other and he's like having, you know, a meltdown. He's almost six and we'll just look at each other and she'll go, mommy, call the, call the doctor and call the police because he needs a we, doctor. We, and we needs- do the
4: doctor one. Yeah. My daughter was, is also the same age, but she's not. She has older siblings, way older. And so if she's misbehaving, we'll just say, Well, shoot, looks like we have to go to the hospital.
3: Yeah. Why? Because
4: your ears are not working and we have to go get a shot to see if you can fix your ears.
3: Oh my God, that makes me feel so much better because I do that. I make that threat about once a week. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Nothing like threatening your kids with shots. That makes the doctor visit when you really have to go that much better. (laughs) (laughs) Parents of the year.
3: Thank goodness this care. is a financial
0: That's show. Not of a That's show. not my problem. Healthcare. That's not my problem. Short term
3: gains. Yeah. That's all I want. Short term right. gains. That's right.
0: Well, thanks again exactly for doing right. this, Farnoosh. This was a ton of fun.
3: Absolutely. Such an honor.
0: Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have